Podcast Answer Man, episode number 429. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. Dan Miller here from 48 Days Online Radio. Cliff Ravenscraft has been my podcast answer man ever since he was bold enough to ask me if I wanted to make my podcast a 10 rather than a 6. And from what I'm now hearing all around the world, not only is he my podcast answer man, he is the podcast answer man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. Well, my friends, I am sitting here on Thursday, December 24th, yes, Christmas Eve, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in my studio trying to crank out this 429th episode of Podcast Answer Man for you guys. I made a commitment that I'm going to be here every Friday at 5 a.m. with a new episode in the podcast feed so you guys can consistently, reliably expect to get that every Friday. My desire is to make it as easy as possible to fit this show into your regular weekly listening habit. I know that I have shows that I look forward to every single week when I'm doing specific tasks. And for those of you who have invited me to be a part of your life over these years, thank you so much. I do want to wish a very Merry Christmas to every single one of you. Of course, there are many of you who are listening who celebrate other holidays. I hope that they are blessed and that you're all ready for an exciting new year with 2016 right in front of us. I do have a 23rd session of podcasting A to Z that is getting ready to launch on Monday, January 4th. I do still have some spots that I'm looking to fill. If you have been thinking about launching a podcast and you want to launch a podcast here in the new year, I would highly encourage you to check out podcastingatoz.com and let me be your personal coach walking you through every step in the process of getting your podcast successfully launched over the course of the first four weeks of this new year. Head over to Podcasting A to Z for more details. If you have any questions, you can always email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. In this week's episode, I am honored to bring to you an interview with my friend, Serena Travis. Serena has been a member of the Podcast Answer Man community going all the way back to October 2010, when she had just discovered what podcasting was in a very unique way. And since that time, she's produced over 400 podcast episodes. And what's unique about her situation is that she is one of the few people that I know who has, for many years, focused a podcast on a local geographic region. I had a wonderful conversation with Serena earlier this week, and I just finished doing the editing on that conversation And I'm so excited to share this 28 and a half minute interview with you right now.
Serena, I am so excited to have you here on Podcast Answer Man. How are you today? I am doing fantastic, and I'm excited to be here, Cliff. And can I just say thank you for having me on the show? <laughs> well, you're welcome, and thank you for coming on. Now, for those that don't know this, you are a Podcasting A to Z alumni, and you took Podcasting A to Z, my fourth session, all the way back in September 2011. That's been yeah, a while. It's been a few. <laughs> it's been a few months. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The reason why I wanted to bring you on is because you've had such an exciting journey through podcasting. Already you've created over 400 podcast episodes. Is that correct? Yeah, that is true. I've had a few different podcasts, but the my main podcast is the one that's really do, I've done the bulk of the work on. It. And I would assume that's Good Morning Scott Valley. Correct. Right. That is the one that's had the most episodes. And yeah, just a few other podcasts that have come and gone. Actually, uh, some of them are retired permanently. And who knows, some, one of them, one or two of them we may, may bring out of uh, mothballs. <laughs> I did bring you on specifically to talk about Good Morning Scott Valley because it is such a unique show and very intriguing to me for so many reasons. But before we get into Good Morning Scott Valley, I want to ask you, do you remember when you first discovered podcasting? Yes, I do. It was in the fall of 2010. And a friend of mine had had these podcasts. Actually, he had put them on some CDs. And he just, he just gave them to me. And I said, well, what do I owe you for this? And he said, oh, nothing. They're free. And I just almost couldn't even believe my ears. And I said, what, what do you mean? They're just free. I mean, he and so these were rec- podcasts that he had put onto a CD and he was just giving to me. And he said, where is all this free content? <laughs> you know? and, I, and so I started and he says, well, there's this place. You go to iTunes. There's, you can find these things called podcasts. They're free. You listen to them. You find the people you like and you listen. I was just a little, I, I, not just a little, but a lot excited. So I started listening. And somewhere along that, in that fall, I found your podcast. And I thought, wow. Here's a guy who's going to actually teach a person how to make a podcast. And I don't know what it was. There was just something inside me that said, you know what? I think you would really like this. You know, this is something that you can do. And there's this guy who's going to teach you how to do all of it. <laughs> this is great. So I started listening to your show. And I remember at the time, one of the things that you said was, don't go back to the beginning. Just start listening from here <laughs> and just get because things change over time with podcasting which I didn't even know. I didn't even know this was this you know this long-lived thing. And so I was really excited. And even from just the content that you had in your show, I made my first show. I, I was extremely nervous, but I bit the bullet in January 3rd, 2011. Podcast number one was out the shoot, <laughs> so to speak. So you discovered podcasting in the fall of 2010, it sounds like. And just re- right. just a real quick for people who are wondering what that comment was, I do recall, and I, I say this quite often to folks, if they f- are just now discovering Podcast Answer Man, what I typically say is, whatever you do, don't go back to the beginning and try to listen all the way through sequentially. Instead, start with the episode today and move your way backward through the catalog if that's what you're interested in doing. Because that way, what will happen is if all of a sudden you hear something let's just say a hundred episodes ago, if I all of a sudden I've said something more recently that contradicts that, then you always stick with the newest information. So if you're going to listen to the archives, start with today and move 
backwards. Don't go to the beginning and move forward. But anyway, this isn't about me and Podcast Answer Man. This is about you. So you found out about podcasting October, right around fall of uh, 2010. In January, after listening to a bunch of content, you just listened to free content and launched a podcast on your own. But then in September of 2011, you ended up signing up for Podcasting A to Z. Why? Well, I think it was one of those things that I I felt like I had a lot of questions and I don't even remember all the questions that I was I had asked during the time, but I wanted to be more comprehensive and I think that there were some things that I wasn't happy with that I was doing, you know, and I, and maybe I didn't even realize I was doing, and I'm, I remember thinking, well, I hope I'm doing all of this right. And I hope I'm, you know, just covering everything properly. And, and maybe I've missed something. So I think it was one of those things I felt like, you know, even though I had already, I believe I had already made 200 episodes by the time I took your class. And I still felt like there was something I could learn. There was something that I could incorporate that would really make my show better. And I did learn some really valuable uh, things during the time that I took your class. So it was extremely helpful. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So this podcast that you had created, Good Morning Scott Valley, that was your first podcast, correct? Yes, it was. (laughs) All right. So the the first thing that intrigues me is that you picked a podcast that is geographically focused, meaning that it is a particular area of the world that is a relatively small area of the world comparatively to the rest of the world and your podcast it has such a narrow focus and a narrow niche target audience tell us a little bit about scott valley sure so scott valley is in northern california it's just uh i would say 40 miles from the oregon border it's way in the north so there's a town on i5 i5 is the main uh, highway that runs through california and it's the main, the closest, I'll just say even the closest Walmart to me is 26 miles away in Wairika. So it's a small mountain valley. And I would say overall, there's about 5,000 people that are, that could listen to this podcast that live here. And, uh, and it's interesting. It's kind of a remote location. Um, we always say that we're 12 miles past the end of the earth. <laughs> you know, it's just like one of those quiet, uh, quaint areas there's a lot of farmers here. There's logging. There's there's uh, a lot a lot of outdoor nature sort of stuff. So people come here to hike. They they go. In fact, there's the Pacific Crest Trail. There's hikers that come through and they stop here as they hike from Mexico to Canada. So it's an interesting place. It's remote, but it's people somehow make their way to this valley. Um, at one point in time, there was a bluegrass festival that was here in the summertime. So I mean, people. People, once they've come into Scott Valley, I mean, we joke about it on our podcast, but it feels like Brigadoon, that old movie where you go into the Scottish Highlands and all of a sudden this town appears out of nowhere. And so we we kind of equate our area to being like that. And it's it's kind of romantic in a way, but and quaint. And um, so, but people come and go. And so there are people who will come here and visit and then they leave. And I find that some of the people who are listening to Good Morning Scott Valley are people who used to live in Scott Valley. So it's not just the 5,000 potential listeners of the people who currently live in Scott Valley, but it's anybody who once did live there and potentially those who are looking to visit, stop through, that this town has had some kind of impact. They might want to learn more about it, do some searching, and then potentially find your show. 
Exactly. And it's interesting. I also had some a listener recently approach me and say, you know what? I listened to your podcast before I moved to Scott Valley. It's almost like a research mission as far as, you know, do I want to come and live in this place? And here's a here's a podcast that's going to help me learn more about what's going on in this area. And that's what we cover a lot of the time is just we just talk about the things that are going on. It's a, like a calendar show. <laughs> do you live in Scott Valley? Currently, I do. And for a while, you know, since 2011, I wasn't living here and I wasn't producing the podcast. So it was one of those that I felt and, and I, but I still had the, the desire to do it. But now but now I'm back. And so I'm producing the show again. Now, before you left in 2011, you lived in Scott Valley. How long had you lived there? Is this where you grew up or what? Well, no, actually, my husband grew up here and we moved back because his folks live here. Uh, and if, and for those of you who are listening and know my in-laws, uh, Urban Liz Travis, they live right by the rodeo. <laughs> and so anyway, we we moved here back here because they, they were here and we wanted to spend some time with them. And that was in 2009. So we moved here 2009. Uh, time passed. In 2011, I started the podcast. How often do you do the show? Well, we do it on a weekly basis. So my, you know, my internal chronometer <laughs> around Thursday night says, okay, got to get the podcast together because Friday it is going out. So Friday morning is my release time. I will move all my appointments. Everything goes out. You know, I, I really protect that time. And I'm sure you do too when you're in the middle of production. Well, what I've been doing recently, has, I've been working on content earlier in the week so that it can actually be scheduled and ready for release on Friday morning. I tell everybody I'm going to release on Friday mornings and it will be there at 5 a.m., but I will start as early as Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday preparing that content. And I'm trying to even get to the place where maybe I'm even a couple weeks in, in advance on some content that's scheduled and ready to go. Well, that's fantastic. I, <laughs> I I may have to dial back a little bit on my week schedule, but it's a challenge because, uh, you know, some of it is timely sort of information. So we try to we try to collect all this information. That's been one of the challenging parts is making sure that we have all the information that we uh, feel like we want to have so that we're giving everybody what they're looking for, which is what's going on in the Valley. So now, was there a time when you did uh, daily shows? Yes. Okay. In fact, that that was there was that. And that's why my episode camp got to be so high so quickly because I was doing a daily show. And it was very short. I think, uh, you know, at, when we were starting out, it was anywhere between three and 15 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes seemed like a long time for a daily show. So we were it was just something on a daily basis, which I don't mind at all. I love it. I would be delighted to be producing stuff on a daily basis. But I realized that for my listeners and then also just the flow of things, and, and it's not like um, Scott Valley has so many things happening that it, it needs to have a daily show, that a weekly format was not only better for me, really, production-wise, but also for my listeners. Another interesting aspect of your podcast is that you took a break, a hiatus, not just for a, you know, a short little season. We're talking two and a half years without producing a single episode. Why is this? And the interesting thing is that you've returned. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it was one of those that since I left my home in Scott Valley, we, uh, my husband and I went down and basically went to Hollywood. And we were working on different projects in, in Hollywood for a while. And you know, met up with a lot of great people down there, some great projects, actually produced a TV pilot and a talk show that we have coming out in 2016. So 
we, you know, we got, we were busy doing production for other types of things and, you know, but in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, what about, you know, Good Morning Scott Valley? And I had actually worked it out with somebody to take over the podcast because I just felt like this was my gift to my community. The person just wasn't able to fit it into their schedule. They were just so, so busy and not able to keep up with the production. And then interestingly, uh, kind of unexpectedly, we ended up being back in Scott Valley almost as quickly as we had left. So I would say, I think it was May, May 22nd or something like that, 2013, when I produced my last podcast of my first, my first session, I mean, my first, I don't know what you want to call it, my first set, (laughs) I guess, you know, and then my second set started this year in May when we returned uh, up here. And it was one of those that uh, I felt like I still wanted this to be available for the community. Uh, People who used to listen to the show were very excited that it was coming back. And then, of course, we have new listeners. And it was interesting to see, even though I never took it down, the website was always up. I left it up at my podcast host. And it was just amazing to see that there were still downloads happening all the time. I mean, I don't know if people were listening to the entire episodes, but I mean, at least they were curious enough to click the button to listen to a little bit of each show that that was being downloaded. I was flabbergasted, actually, because I'm thinking, why would you want to listen to this old, old content? Because it's not even applicable today. But people were downloading it, which was surprising. Now, let's talk about what it is Good Morning Scott Valley does cover. What, what kind of topics? If I, How long are the weekly episodes today? And what do those episodes include? Well, we try to keep the episodes to about 30 minutes. And the goal is to try to get under 30 minutes. I don't know why. I don't think it's a terrible thing to be over 30 minutes myself. But my co-host, Megan, is really into keeping it under 30 minutes. So anyway, we've that's our goal. And then we cover just the upcoming events that are in Scott Valley. We talk about the weather because we all, you know, everybody loves to talk about the weather (laughs) up here anyway. And then we talk about just what's going on with the local sports, because we feel like this is kind of one of those talk shows where you talk about what's going on in this community. And then we feature interviews from time to time with people who are doing something notable in our area or who have an interesting story and or or doing have a big event coming up or something along those lines. So we have we have interviews that we sprinkle in here and there, but it's mostly the calendar events, our feelings about those calendar events. And and so it's very time bound. So, I mean, it's interesting. Not only is it a very small niche, we have we only have so many potential listeners. We, you know, and, and it's not likely to grow to be this huge colossus. Uh, all of our content is time sensitive. So it's, you know, it, it, it goes stale quickly. I would say apart from the interviews, which is an interesting snapshot in time, but people will go back and listen to those interviews more than just your weekly podcast. So it's, it's teeny tiny in so many ways. <laughs> and, th- and that's what I find so intriguing about this because you're still so passionate about this project so many years later, you're still looking forward to every week creating this content for this niche, narrow audience. Are you making money as a result of this or is this just purely a passion play for you? Well, pretty much a passion play, but here's the cool part is that because it has made an impact in our community, we do get sponsorships. So we have locally based sponsorships that cover pretty much all of our costs. So, I mean, it's a hobby that pays for itself, which is great. And, you know, apart from that, 
I mean, you know, the, the bottom line for me was that number one, I was promoting positive community, which is big. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. And I listened to one of your recent podcasts about depression. Uh, it, it's uh, for entrepreneurs. And I also get a sense that like in this rural area, it can be easy for people to be depressed because sometimes there's just nothing to do. So we wanted to be there to say, hey, guess what? There's these events coming up. We're excited about it. Come on out, get connected with people, which was one of the points that you had on that episode. And uh, here's your chance to connect. Don't be alone. We we want to be together. So p- positive community and keeping people informed. And so I'm very passionate about those things, whether it's on a small scale or a large scale, because I think those things are important for, you know, for our everyday existence. That is awesome. What has been some of the more exciting things that have happened to you as a result of your podcasting journey? What Are there any kind of stories that you can share that like that would have never happened if it weren't for podcasting? Oh, oh, my goodness. Where do I even start? I mean, OK, so. Because I have developed the ability to do interviews and and learning how to do audio stuff, I actually, and, and this is part of the Hollywood journey, is I was able to interview people that were a part of the TV pilot that we did. And first of all, I mean, even just launching in and doing a TV pilot is kind of a big thing, but I really wanted to be more like hands-on and not just be the executive producer, but to to do some interviews. And so I had the opportunity to interview some people that, uh, you know, some people listening may even know, like Erin Murphy, who was Tabitha on Bewitched. She was the little girl with the blonde hair. So I had an opportunity to interview her. I've had an uh, opportunity to interview Keith Coogan, who was a, another actor in, you know, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead back in the some of these 80s and, you know, stars and everything. So I had an opportunity to interview these people because of the skills that I developed in podcasting never would have happened if I hadn't taken the plunge and really started to develop you know, just a comfort with a microphone or a comfort just, you know, talking with people about what's a passion to them or what's important to them. I mean, it was just, I mean, what an amazing opportunity. And also an opportunity to work with Melissa Disney and uh, get into the voiceover world a little bit. So that was another big thing that never would have happened if I hadn't taken the plunge and tried podcasting. Let's just say that there are some people listening and they're considering creating a podcast for their local geographic region. And again, given that this severely limits the number of potential subscribers to their show, we're not going to get them into the thousands or tens of thousands, and they're probably not going to generate full-time incomes from this type of podcasting. But for those who are thinking about this, what kind of advice would you give them? Well... I mean, it's one of those you really have to have the passion. I mean, it was one of those that and and I still have it. How could I have it after all these years, except that I'm really excited about sharing about what's going on in my community. So if you already have that passion or if people are already coming to you and saying, um, you know, uh, you happen to know what's going on anyway and people seem to be asking you anyway, well, then, my goodness, you should be starting a podcast (laughs) because you could just tell so many more people all at once. Uh, I would say. It's one of those if you if you're just kind of you kind of have the pulse of your area anyway, it would seem like that would be a natural continuation of your of your concern for your area. Uh, I would think that actually, you know, to me, it's like if, if there's a, a chamber of commerce, a small chamber, every every place has a chamber of some size or another. So 
it seems like if you can connect with some people from your chamber, this might be a good way to launch a podcast because you're already connecting with different businesses or different service groups that are doing things in your area. So, and, and it's funny because now, even with me, this, the local chamber has said, can you just, can your calendar be the one that's on, can your Google calendar be on our website? Because you keep it up to date. You Everything is current. You don't let anything go stale. And people connect with you to make sure that, you know, I, and I tell people, hey, if you if there's something that's not on there, let me know and I'll put it up. And I'm pretty quick. I mean, I don't let a lot of time go by before I put something up. I mean, it's with, up there within 24 to 48 hours. So it's one of those, if you're already kind of doing that sort of thing, connect with the local chamber or some other people who are interested in, in and just get started. I think it's a, I think it's a valuable thing for a small area. The cool thing to me is that along the way you'll have an opportunity to interview some people that'll have valuable information for your area. So I'm in fact I was just talking with uh, Megan and we were talking about interviewing some people who have some real uh, interesting historical content for our area and just having that as kind of an archive something to go to over time, you know, and, and I think that's a valuable thing. One of the things that just occurred to me is the idea of how to market a podcast that is geographically based like this. Because I, I used to be in the world of insurance, a, a local insurance agent here in the Northern Kentucky area. There are two main ways that we would market. Actually, there are three main ways. One is not as applicable today, which is the old telephone directory. I don't know many people that actually use those today. However, there are two other things that you could do, and one is direct mail. So there's a lot of services out there that would allow you to create a flyer or some kind of brochure or something like that that you could sign up for a service and mail to an entire zip code. So you could actually physically mail a brochure or even just a postcard that advertised your podcast to everybody in your zip code or in Scott Valley or whatever town you might be in. Another thing that I did personally was I wanted to sell home and auto insurance to people who were, you know, moving into these new homes in the area. So I would go into developing communities where these you've got all these people in these brand new neighborhoods. And what I would do is I would create door hangers, which is kind of like a postcard with a little cutout that goes around a doorknob. And I would walk door to door and just hang door hangers on people's doors. And that was very effective in getting people to call me and get quotes for their home and auto insurance. And I'm just thinking of the story of how you first learned about a podcast. Somebody handed you a physical CD and said, here, listen to this. It's free. And how today you could equate handing somebody that CD to handing somebody a postcard that says, are you staying up to date with what's going on in Scott Valley? And just advertising your website that has this audio podcast. And then on your webpage, having some kind of tutorial that communicates what is a podcast and how can you listen to this when you're not in front of your computer? Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up, Cliff, because I've noticed as I've gone and looked at, you know, at the stats about uh, our podcast is that most people are using a browser like their lap, their desktop to listen to the podcast, which I just think is, I mean, but I'm not surprised because I think most of my listeners are older. They're not necessarily, you know, teens and twenties. They're, they're kind of more like forties, fifties, sixties. I, I mean, that's my guess, but I, 
I, I could be wrong. But yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, doing some education as far as, hey, you don't have to be in front of your computer. You can listen to this on your phone. This, you know, wow, that's a novel <laughs> novelty here. Or in your car or on the tractor mm-hmm. while you're out farming. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. the thing is, people are listening to you and that's that's what really matters. And so th- that's great. I think probably what's going on in your area is that it, you're hitting a geographic area where people are doing Google searches. They're finding your website. That's how they're finding your content, the primary way. And they they may have been listening to a podcast since 2010 and have no idea what a podcast really is. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. One other thing that I have for those who are thinking about this, you probably perked up some ears of people who said this is a hobby that pays for itself. And even in such an area, it does make sense for local advertising. I remember here in Boone County in Northern Kentucky, we used to have the Boone County Recorder, which we still do, but it's no longer just locally owned and ran and operated from people in Boone County. Instead, there's this whole collaboration that bought what's called the Community Press, and it's one organization that does probably 15 counties, and it's not nearly as intimate and locally focused as it used to be. Whereas a podcast such as this can go back to that old community press kind of feel. And those newspapers were effective in monetizing by having local sponsorships. So tell us a little bit how some of your local sponsorships came to be. Well, one of my longest time listeners has been somebody who's worked at the telephone company. So I... I, I think we just stro- struck up a conversation at some point in time in the 2011 time frame. And I just said, well, you know, would the telephone company be willing to be one of my sponsors? And so that that was that worked out. It was great. And then also one of the local banks, I, I think I was well, I think it was because I was doing a lot announcing a lot of the things that were going on at the local theater and by theater, it's not a movie theater. It's uh, where people come and they don't go, go on a stage and, and that kind of theater. So uh, it was one of those that it's sponsored uh, largely by our local bank, Scott Valley Bank. And so that that kind of led into that uh, sponsorship. So and then uh, our one of our doctors, Dr. Hess, he's a local doctor uh, he has he he has been interested in this whole podcasting thing. He he likes the format as well, and so he has been a sponsor, a longtime sponsor. So uh, some of these sponsorships were just uh, just me talking with people, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like I had uh, sent out a letter to a whole bunch of different businesses. I haven't even done that, and I probably should <laughs> because I think there would be more people or more businesses who would be interested in this particular format and interested in producing and, and of course I always encourage them to you know make their own commercials it, it doesn't always have to be my voice it's always interesting to have a kind of a change and have somebody else hear somebody else and so I you know to me it's like it would be great and I probably should go and and find some more sponsors because I don't think it would be that hard actually I think it would be fairly easy and I think somebody who's thinking about doing this would find a groundswell of support. And that's why I say go to the Chamber of Commerce because I think that you're going to find those businesses there. Well, Serena, thank you so much for coming to share your experience and doing uh, such a unique focused podcast. I love that this has been a passion play for you, that this has become a hobby that just pays for itself, which is nice. And it has helped you to do what 
you've most wanted to do, which is have this positive community impact and and allowing people to stay connected uh, relationally in your community. And I just think that is a story that I wanted my community to hear. I, I love that podcasting has enabled you to do this. Well, thank you, Cliff. I mean, years and years of amazing content and help. And I really hope that if somebody's on the fence right now that they just take the plunge and take the podcasting A to Z course. If you think it's a lot of money, mentally spread that out over into the future over many years of podcasting. And then it's not really that much. <laughs> I mean, if you stop and think about it, you're getting a lot. I don't know. I To me, it's like you get everything. Cliff gives you so much and it's all very, very valuable. So thank you, Cliff. Well, thank you, Serena. And I hope that you and your husband and entire family have a wonderful and very Merry Christmas. Oh, same to you, Cliff. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. And just one final reminder that my next session of Podcasting A to Z, the 23rd session of this online coaching program, is going to launch on Monday, January 4th. If you are looking to launch that podcast, I would love the opportunity to be your personal coach walking you through every step in the process during the first four weeks of this brand new year. Head over to podcastingatoz.com for more details. Well, my friends, I will be back again next time, and I wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll look forward to talking to you right at the start of this new year. Helping you take everything you do to the next level.